I am intentional. I will plot and choose my course. I will not wait to be blown from place to place. I will do more than just react. I will choose who I want to be and work to make that a reality. I am wholehearted. I will interact with the world from a place of worthiness, knowing my identity. I will work to be able to feel, understand, and express my emotions. I will allow my true self to be known. I will leave my heart open to connect with others in a wholehearted way. I am a man. I have the responsibility to provide for my family, both temporally and spiritually. I will use my special gifts to be able to make the world a better place. I will protect and defend the vulnerable. I will stand up when others sit down. I will engage with others of like mind to strengthen and lift one another. I am an intentionally wholehearted man. In this episode, I want to talk about something I like to call understanding dogs in the fight. Um, This is something that has happened for years in my wife and my marriage. It took a long time to really be able to understand what was happening. And it wasn't for a while into recovery that I really knew what was going on. So for years, every time my wife and I had a disagreement, if it got um, fairly heated or we really started getting or I really started to get angry or frustrated the dogs would come into the fight and what I mean by that is that I would get frustrated about the dogs being on the couch or the um, dogs being um, in our bedroom or multiple different things and my wife would constantly ask me Why is it every time we're having a really big disagreement that you bring up the dogs? And we could never really understand why whenever we were having these disagreements, the dogs would come in to the fight and it would end up being about the dogs. To go back a little bit so that this becomes a little more clear, Um, And this is something that I was a good two, three years into recovery before I finally realized. For a lot of my life, I didn't feel like I was being heard. I didn't feel like the things that I said mattered or were valued. And another piece um, of this as well is that most of my life, I haven't felt like I really have a place. And I mean that, um, you know, like I don't fit in anywhere, but I also mean that um, being the oldest of six kids and the fact that we moved around a lot, I never really had a place that I could call mine. You know, for years, people have asked me, you know, where's home for you? And I really can't answer that because we've sort of moved around all over the place. Um Nowhere really feels like home, but as well, I've never felt like I had a specific place that was mine that, you know, I could put my stuff and it wouldn't get messed with and things like that. When my wife and I got married, when we bought our first house, one of the first things she wanted was to get dogs. She always grew up with dogs inside, with dogs Um, on her lap. 
things like that. Um, for me, growing up, dogs were outside and, you know, we'd go out and play with them, but they weren't in our space. And so when my wife wanted to get dogs, um, I was like, okay, great. We can have dogs in the backyard. We have a, you know, we're going to have a nice big backyard. They'll have plenty of room for, for them to play. And uh, my wife was like, oh no, they need to be in the house. They're going to be with us. And I was not okay with that. We made some agreements. I didn't want the dogs on the couches. Um, I didn't want the dogs in the bedrooms. And at the time, I really didn't realize it, but some of that was my needing space and um, sort of needing my own place that I didn't even realize at the time. So to be able to get the dogs and have them inside, um, my wife agreed that the dogs had to stay in the family room and the kitchen and dining room area. And they weren't allowed on the, the couch and they were not supposed to come back into the bedrooms. Well, we got the dogs and the dogs were, um, my wife allowed the dogs on the couch while I was gone. And so as soon as I get home within a day, the dogs are up on the couch. Um, you know, they were being normal dogs. They want to be friendly and all of that stuff. And they were all over me. And so I constantly felt like I didn't have a space. The other part of it is that with that, I also felt like the agreements that were made didn't matter. All that mattered was what she wanted and what I wanted didn't matter. And this went on for the last 20 years, a few weeks um, after getting the dogs, um, they were coming back into our bedroom multiple times throughout our marriage. Um, when the dogs came into the fight, I'd get really mad, really frustrated with the dogs. Generally, what would happen is for a day or two, they wouldn't be allowed on the bed or allowed back in the bedroom but it only lasted a day or two. And this really left me feeling like, and I remember even saying this more than a few times, is, you know, if I get really frustrated and pissed off, it only matters for a day or two. Nothing's going to change. What I say and feel doesn't matter. All that matters is the dogs. Whenever we were having a fairly major disagreement, the dogs got brought up and the fight ended up at the end being about the dogs. What did I find? What ultimately did I learn from this? Um, one day as I was looking at a feelings wheel, trying to understand some of the things that I was feeling, some of the things that I was thinking, I ended up seeing that one of the things near anger was not feeling valued. Another one that was there was not feeling heard. And those are 
two big things that I had felt a lot throughout my life. I hadn't feel, felt valued. I hadn't felt heard. I didn't feel like if an agreement was made that other people kept it. I was expected to, but nobody else lived up to their side of it. As well, I realized that, you know, a lot of times I'd put stuff certain places and then my wife would move it because it wasn't where she wanted it. And it again left me feeling like I didn't have any place. As well, um, there were a lot of times where I felt like I was cuddling, hugging my wife and she was petting and holding the dogs. Again, that feeling of I don't matter and that feeling of I'm not wanted. And that was why the dogs ended up coming into the fight because those feelings of frustration and anger um, were coming up. And a lot of things in our um, arguments, our discussions, my wife would talk over me or because she was much faster with words, she would cut me off and then go on about what she was thinking. Um, that was another big one that we had as a, a communication issue is that we would cut each other off. And that was a really big thing for me is feeling like I can't even say what I want to say because I'm going to get cut off. So when I realized that on the feelings wheel, and it was interesting as I saw those, I sat there and when I was thinking about not being heard, my opinion not being valued, I immediately started to think of the dogs and what had happened with the dogs. So what I was able to realize is that when the dogs start coming into an argument, that means that there's something that I'm not feeling heard about. There's something I'm not feeling valued about. And the whole thing is, is that anger and frustration aren't really something that I can address. I'm just feeling angry or frustrated. Anger and frustration are usually a mix of different emotions. And so when the dogs started coming in and I realized that it's a mixture of not feeling valued at that point, not feeling heard, um, not feeling like what I say actually has any weight. That is something I can address. That is something that I can deal with instead of just being angrier and angrier and getting more frustrated. At that point, I was able to go, okay, wait, I don't feel like I'm being heard. This is what I need to be able to say. And this is what I need to be able to be heard. And that's something that we could deal with. When I didn't feel valued or that my opinion mattered, I could stop there and go, hey, we need to change this conversation because right now I'm not feeling valued. I'm not feeling heard. 
And then we were able to have a much better discussion instead of my past reactions of just being angry, frustrated, and blowing up. There are still times where the dogs come into the fight, but at least now I recognize it and I'm able to process what those really mean. There are frustrations with the dogs in actuality, but most of the time when it's coming up like that with the frustration and anger, it means that I'm not feeling valued. I'm not feeling heard. I really wanted to share this um, episode with this podcast because I think so often we get overwhelmed with feeling anger, with feeling frustration. And what we've a lot of times learned is just to bottle that up, just to push that down. Don't deal with it. And the problem is, is that then that anger gets bigger, blows up more, and those hurts continue to fester inside of us. They aren't being addressed. And what we need to do is to dig into that, understand the feelings and emotions underneath that, that are leading to that frustration and anger. In her book, Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown talks about the need to have a vocabulary around what we are feeling. In it, she discusses how over the course of five years, she collected surveys from more than 7,000 people and asked them to list all of the emotions that they could recognize and name as they were experiencing them. The average number of emotions named across the surveys was three. The emotions were happy, sad, and angry. So many men are similarly limited in the number of feelings that we can name. This leaves us significantly limited in our ability to describe what's going on inside of us. A philosopher said that the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. When we are unable to express our emotions, we feel hopeless and we can feel angry. Having access to the right words can open our entire universe. When we don't have the language to talk about what we are experiencing, our ability to make sense of what's happening and to share it with others is severely limited. Without accurate language, we struggle to express what we are feeling, and this can lead to us not regulating our emotions well. When we do not understand what we are feeling, how could we ever get someone else to understand? Knowing the words and the feelings we are experiencing does more than just communi communicate emotion. It can actually shape what we're feeling. Our understanding of our own and others' emotions is shaped by how we perceive, categorize, and describe emotional experiences. When our access to emotional language is blocked, our ability to interpret incoming emotional information is significantly diminished. Likewise, having the correct words to describe specific emotions makes us better able to identify those emotions in others, as well as to recognize and manage the emotional experiences when we feel them ourselves. Emotions help us make sense of what is going on around us, 
which helps us manage ourselves and respond to others. Our feelings aren't just reactions. Instead, they are the ways that our brains make sense of the information around us and our physical sensations. Our feelings and emotions are how we actually interact with the world. And when we have a limited ability to express those interactions, we are similarly limited. This is where the feelings wheel can come in. There are multiple different feeling wheels available. They have slightly different words and groupings. This is fine. They're there to, as a guide and to get us started in understanding. There are multiple ways that the feelings wheel can be used. One way is to think about and look into the feelings that are listed on the wheel. Think of times where you have felt that emotion or what might make you feel that. It can often be helpful to write about the emotions. This is one way to help increase and build our emotional vocabulary. Another way it can be used is to dig into and see what feelings we are having at the time. This can be very helpful when things are weighing us down or when we are angry or when we're frustrated. The feelings at the center of the circle are what are often referred to as core feelings. Often these are actually a mix of other feelings. We can use the wheel to work out from the center of the wheel and see which feelings seem to be combining to express that core emotion. The feelings may not even be in the same section. This is a tool or a guide to help lead us to understanding. Unfortunately, when most of us feel the first stirrings of discomfort, we shut down. Instead of responding to stress by trying to minimize it, we can use the feelings wheel to look for our emotional needs. If you have trouble explaining how you feel to others, an emotional wheel can help, help open up conversation. One tool that couples can use is to choose a word on the wheel and discuss when or how they see this feeling. This not only allows us to practice communicating in the language of emotion, it also allows us to hear how that looks for others. When we are dealing with others, many people do not have an easy time or feel safe expressing their emotions. When we better understand the breadth of feelings, we can see and better understand what others are feeling in different situations. Sometimes when someone says something, we can tell there's more going on beneath the surface. We can also use the feelings wheel with our children. Kids can often tell they're feeling things, but they often don't have the vocabulary to express it. We can use this tool to help them to build their emotional vocabulary. This will allow them to better recognize and communicate in ways that we have not been able to in the past. I hope that you will check out the feelings wheel so that you can be more aware and better able to show up in your own life and the lives of those you love. If anything you've heard here is helpful to you, please share it with anybody else who you think it might help as well. Thank you. And now, uh, Look forward to talking with you on another episode of The Intentionally Wholehearted Man.